Hi, everyone. Welcome again. Welcome to Promises Podcast. I'm Laura Gonzalez. This is Diana McTarsney. This is episode nine. We're so blessed you're tracking with us. The resurrection, the now and not yet reality. Christ is risen from the dead, but yet we're still here on earth being sanctified. We're so excited you're here. Don't forget to subscribe and like Apple, Spotify, YouTube, any of those platforms. Join in the journey with us. Continuing on in the glory that is the resurrection, Mm, right? The most amazing day of human history and without which that day we would have no hope. Um, I I was reading through uh, Max Lucado's He Chose the Nails. Phenomenal book. He has many and he has a way, his imagery, the words that he uses, it's just so um, encouraging, uplifting, convicting. Mm. And um, there's a portion of this that I wanted to read and just, I just think it's so... um, necessary and yes, you know that. that the Lord understands and I just found it beautiful and so if you'd bear with me if you mind me reading to you a little bit uh, from Max Lucado's He Chose the Nails uh, what God did to win your heart um, I love that why did Jesus live on the earth so long as he did couldn't his life have been much shorter why not step into our world just long enough to die for our sins and then leave mm. why not a sinless year or week Why did he have to live a life? To take on our sins is one thing, but to take on our sunburns and our sore throats? To experience death? Yes. But to put up with life? To put up with Mm. the long roads, long days, and short tempers? Why did he do it? Because he wants you to trust him. Even his final act on earth was intended to win your trust. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That's in John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. This is the final act of Jesus' life. In the concluding measure of his earthly composition, we hear the sounds of a thirsty man. Mm. And through his thirst, through a sponge and a jar of cheap wine, he leaves a final appeal. You can trust me. Wow. Jesus' lips cracked and a mouth of cotton, throat so dry he couldn't swallow and voice so hoarse he could scarcely speak. He is thirsty. To find the last time moisture touched his lips, you need to rewind to a dozen hours to the meal in the upper room. Since tasting the cup of wine, Jesus had been beaten, spat upon, bruised, and cut. He had been a cross-carrier and a sin-bearer, and no liquid had salved his throat. He's thirsty. Why doesn't he do something about it? Couldn't he? Did he not cause jugs of water to be jugs of wine? Did he not make a wall out of the Jordan River and two walls out of the Red Sea? Wow. Didn't he, with one word, banish the rain and calm the waves? Doesn't scripture say that he's turned the desert into pools and the rock into springs? Did God not say, I will pour onto him who is thirsty? If so, why did Jesus endure thirst? Well, we are asking this question at a few more. Why did he grow weary in Samaria, disturbed in Nazareth, and angry in the temple? Why was he sleepy in the boat on the Sea of Galilee, sad at the tomb of Lazarus, and hungry in the wilderness? Why and why did he grow thirsty on the cross? He didn't have to suffer thirst, at least Not to the level that he did. 
Six hours earlier, he'd been offered a drink, but he refused it. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh. He didn't take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. Before the nail pounded, a drink was offered. Mark says the wine was mixed with myrrh. Matthew described it as wine mixed with gall. Both myrrh and gall contained sedative properties mm -hmm. that numb the senses. But Jesus refused them. He refused to be stupefied mm -hmm. by the drugs, opting instead to feel the full force of his suffering. Why? Why did he endure all these feelings? Because he knew you would feel them too. Mm. He knew you would be weary, disturbed, and angry. He knew you'd be sleepy, grief-stricken, and hungry. He knew you'd face pain. If not the pain of the body, the pain of the soul. Both. Wow. Right? Pain too sharp for any drug. Mm. He knew you'd face thirst. If not a thirst for water, at least a thirst for truth. Wow. And the truth we glean from the image of a thirsty Christ is he understands. Wow. And because he understands, we can come to him. That is so beautiful. And as you were reading that, I mean, I'm getting thirsty. Right. It, that's what good authors do. I thought the living water He's thirsted. The water. Yes. The living water, the Christ, the one who is the thirst quencher himself became thirsty. I, I had never thought about that before. I mean, the bread of life hungry. became hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, the comforter became comfortless. You know, well, I mean, he had the father's comfort, but everyone left. They right. forsook him and fled. That is so powerful. And I think that in our country especially, we love images. You know, we have our phones, we have TV, we have YouTube, we have podcasts. And this is poetic imagery that puts you there. You know, I'm, I'm picturing him hanging there. I'm picturing him not even able to say the words. I mean, for, for those of you who have had babies, you know, it's hard to talk when you're in such excruciating pain, let alone parched. Right. Right. So powerful. So good. Thank you for sharing that. What's the title again for the viewers? He Chose the Nails by Max Lucado. And it really takes so many aspects of the crucifixion and what Jesus endured. Um, and it really allows you to see, to take a moment, to contemplate, to think on it, to meditate on it, and to understand. We can read through the scriptures so very quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we, yes. you know, in a matter of a chapter, he's cru the Lord is crucified, but all that he endured. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. And I think, you know, even the last act of saying to John, behold your, your mother. mother. He's yes. he's passing the baton and, and the love of in that. And like we talked about last week, the centurion mm -hmm. who said, oh, nobody spoke like this man. You know, the earth was black and the earth quaked and the veil was rent. All of those visual images that we can gloss over. You know, I don't right. always think about, you know, the earthquake. Right. During Easter, I think about the veil. I think about mm. the blood, you know, the scourging, the, the crown of thorns. But the earthquake mattered too. The fact that the earth went dark, black, right? you know. As night and it was the middle of the day. All of those yes. physical groanings of the world saying, you know, our Savior, the, our Creator, you know, it's, it's just 
powerful. And so in the one year, for those of you that uh, read the one year Bible, I came across Luke and I Mm -hmm. wanted to share this just in thinking about that concept of Jesus is alive. He is the hope that we have. He's our everything. He's our rock, our fortress, our strong tower, our, our Messiah. And yet we grieve, we groan, we go through hard things. And so in Luke chapter eight, we have the story of Jairus's daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, she's 12 years old and the Bible is so clear. Luke writes his only daughter. And so being a mom, you just think of, oh, his, his Miha, his little one, his, his little girl, she's sick. So they beckon Jesus, come, come see her. And so it appears that she has already died. And so enter verse 52. So this is Luke 8, 52. Now they were all weeping and lamenting for her, but he said, stop weeping for she has not died, but is asleep. And this is the part that kind of like Max Lucado, it struck me of the humanity of Jesus. It says, and they began laughing at him. Right knowing that she had died. He, however, took her by the hand and called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up immediately, and he gave orders for something to be given her to eat. Her parents were amazed, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. And I love this little Charles Stanley nugget. He says, As a physician, Luke wanted his audience to know the child Jesus healed was really and truly dead. One day Jesus will destroy death altogether, but even before then he showed his mastery over it. Yes, he did. And I know that you have an education background as a teacher and I'm married to a teacher. And what do we want for our kids? Mastery over a subject, right? right? Okay, you've mastered algebra, Josh. Now you can go to the next level. level. Yes. And so, I mean, that isn't that what Jesus shows? mastery over death you know but this wasn't yet the resurrection this was just showing him showing the world showing us his power over death yes 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 that it does not hold that he has the power to say rise she's not dead you know when he raised Lazarus you know that's why they wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus because the witness um when when Jesus raised Lazarus when he came walking out of that tomb you know, and now here Lazarus is walking around and we don't want you following Jesus. We want you to be a part of, you know, our church, we our gotta, synagogue. We got to kill him because, you know, dead people don't just walk around alive. Right. So we got to kill the evidence. Kill the Let's evidence. Kill, kill them both. Be, be done with it. So people can't see the power over death, the mastery um, that Jesus is that Jesus has. And 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 he's alive and we celebrate and we sing. Some of you all, thank you for checking in mm-hmm. with Diane and I, texting us, messaging, comment on, on the platforms of your favorite resurrection song. We have so many that we've been listening to and getting excited about. Don't forget to, you know, subscribe to Spotify and Apple. I know many of you are, yay. But for those of you who haven't done that yet, be sure that you do that. And so what verses have ministered to you about the power of God? I mean, you know, Romans 1.16 is the power of salvation. I believe in the gospel. There's power, you know, there's that old song, power, power, wonder, working power, mm. you know, in the blood of the lamb. Yes. If there's any verse about power or about hope or about that he's alive, share it with us. We want to hear what, what power scripture ministers to you. And then we're encouraged and we get to read more, read more than what we're reading, than what we're seeing. And it's so wonderful um, as we share what God's showing us and as you share with us. And with that, we're going to move on to the next topic. You want to begin with that one? So I have to share that I read this book, uh, Through the Eyes of the Lion by Levi Lesko. And I have to say, it's one of the most difficult books I've ever read as we, you know, we're, we're parents. And I mean, even if you're not a parent, you, this book resonates you with 
losing someone suddenly. And so Levi Lusco writes, on December 20th, 2012, my second daughter, Lenya Avery Lusco, went to heaven after battling a severe asthma attack. Hours before, I had been wrapping her Christmas presents. This is Levi, Pastor Levi speaking. Now I was leaving the hospital without her. Wondering about what to put on the tombstone of your five-year-old should never be something a parent has mm. to go through. We eventually decided on these words. Jesus has destroyed death. He has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And that's 2 Timothy 1.10. God came to earth on Christmas so there could be an Easter. Right. Hebrews 2.14 says, Jesus came that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Though it's true that believers have the hope of heaven when we die, hurting with hope still hurts. Yes. This is how the disciples must have felt on Saturday, the day after Christ's crucifixion, but the day before the, the resurrection. resurrection. They were living in that space of a promise that has been given but has yet to be fulfilled. And so I ask as believers, how are we supposed to live on Saturday? And that is so hard, right? So real, yet so hard because so many of promises we have them, we are sealed, right? Um, but we're yes. living in this place of, we are residents of heaven, but we live here on earth. Exactly, and, exactly. And I was thinking of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham, who was given the promise to be the father of many nations. How many years from the promise to the fulfillment in his life? 25 years he waited for this, time. his son. We get upset if our latte is late. <laughs> right? And so it's like this idea. 25 years. This idea of, of this waiting where you know what is promised and what mm. is to come. But like Levi Lesko here, or maybe you have experienced a loss of a loved one, a spouse, a child, um, a parent, and, and you're living without them. And you right. have to learn how yes. to do that. Because they are, you know, they're they're, in, they're they're not here anymore. No, they're in glory, love right. in Jesus, streets of gold, beholding what we long to see. Right. Yes. But we're here with that that separation. We don't get to see them. The severance. That's hard. It's a severance. You know, um, one of my neighbors, Jerry, his wife, Lori, they were married many, many, many years. And, you know, he doesn't really talk about it that much. And he's a big UCLA fan. Sorry, Victor and Koi Kalina. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the Bruins. But... I think, does he ever just turn over and want to tell Lori something? Mm. Yes. You know, I know for those of you watching, we we understand. I mean, we may not understand losing a spouse or losing a child. But when you miss someone, you long to share something with them. Definitely. You long to engage with them, call them, talk to them. I mean, I know a lot of people have the cell phone of their loved ones still paid for mm -hmm. so they can call to hear their voicemail right definitely because that voice you feel closer to them right if you can hear them you miss them you don't you don't um, get to see them I know I was talking to my cousin we were going to go watch my nephew play a game and she was going to run up the stairs and ask if her mom if her mom wanted to go with but she her mom was is no longer here right. and so, right that's that's what that, I mean yes that, that wanting automatic to, to, yes oh I'm gonna go ask mom or I'm gonna ask my husband or or whoever you have lost that wanting to have that that fellowship that relationship that communion and in the idea of now but not yet it's that waiting period right that waiting period and and you know I had said Abraham and I also think of Abraham from Hebrews verses 11 8 through 10 where it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God who called him to leave home and go to another land 
that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Mm. And he even, when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. Mm. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. And I think he was living in this world, but looking and searching for a land whose maker and builder was God. I love that verse so much. Right? But doesn't that give it. that picture? Like yes. he And he forever lived in tents. So he left Ur of the Chaldeans, which was very, very uh, modern. They even mm. had toilets, like running right. water oh, in this yeah. city. It was yes. modern. And he left that to sojourn in tents. And I think that tent mentality is kind of like what we have to live living on earth I as love a that. Christian, mm-hmm. right? That our home Don't get too comfy. <laughs> right. But we have to live here mm. and do well here. Right. And, and occupy and, and grow and, and seek the good of the land that we are living in until the Lord calls us home. I love Sherry Tima and Dan Tima went home to be with the Lord. I mean, talk about a, a faithful, amazing man of God. And she told me the other day, Laura, this is just boot camp. Hmm. And ever since she said that, it really resonated with me. You know, there how many scriptures are there about the war, the the tre- you know, trudging on and the spiritual warfare and, and put on the full armor of God. Right. And there's so many illustrations about the fighting. You know, I love that, um, the boxing, you know, mm-hmm. I, I beat my body. You know, there's just so many illustrations of that. And is boot camp fun? Right. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've never personally gone, <laughs> no, but, but I can't imagine that it is. But do, but it's was work. it fun for Abraham to to trek in in uncomfortable tents? I mean, for those of you that you've been tent camping, it is work. You're sweating and you're you know finding right. your your proper place, and then sometimes um, the elements are uh, against you. You know, I remember tent camping one time. It starts raining, right. and oh no, now our tent is all wet. I mean, winds. One one year, you know, uh, Chuck went with the church to Bishop. Uh, father-son camp and one of the brother and father and son their tent blew away wow and you know but i think the idea (laughs) of a tent though you understand that it's only temporary it's temporary it's not for permanence and we sometimes want to be comfortable and be permanent and i think of daniel right daniel was transplanted he was actually taken Mm. captive right he was in israel the nation but then he was taken and he was taken to babylon during the diaspora and his homeland lay in ruins. He right. longed for his homeland. Oh, yes. But he was called to be in Babylon mm-hmm. and how God used him. I mean, we, we read his prophecies. We read his story. We read how he stood. You know, kids are all told, you know, the story of Daniel in the lion's mm-hmm. den. Mm-hmm. Um, but really understanding that as he was removed from his home, that he was to live for God here. But Babylon wasn't his home, but he had to live in Babylon right. for over seven and years. And dwell. Right. Dwell and do there. good there. And Jeremiah. Yes. Don't leave. I'm calling you to raise your homes here. This is where you are to You're planted here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think of Jesus, right? We read in Matthew that foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Like he, a physical home that was his. You, we know that he would be in the gardens, right? right? Or he, he yes. was, or others that would bless him with you know, lodging. His food, lodging, mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. of that. The disciples as well, right? Didn't yes. they travel two by two and they stayed in homes that would welcome would host them, them? Host them. Host them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so this idea that um, this earth is not our home. Right. We live in this constant conflict. It's attention. Attention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think Paul describes that super well um, in Second Corinthians. 
Um, While you're turning there, I'm going to stay in the old for a second with Genesis chapter 32, 9 through 12. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau. That will be for another podcast. Another story. (laughs) (laughs) For I'm afraid he come and attack me and also the mothers with their children but you've said you've mm. said I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted and then skipping down Genesis 32 20 through 22 through 26 Jacob wrestles with God mm. yeah. and so what I loved here is this and I I pray that this encourages my soul and yours and everyone listening. Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Mm. And so I thought, Jacob wrestled with God and so do we. We say, Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. I want to make my mark on this planet Earth. If I have to be in this place where, where, where there's you know evil and sin abounding and wickedness and horrible laws and I will not let you go until you bless me. Right. I'm going to, I want your blessing while I'm here. And then I will bless you when I'm there. And right? his, his desperation. I love mm, that. Yes, you know, he didn't yes. quit. He all night, the Bible says, right? It wasn't this, oh, okay, I'm done. He really wanted the blessing of the Lord. He wanted, he knew what God had promised. Him, and he said, you will be my Lord. If, if what you promised comes true, I will serve you. Amen. And, and so we know that the Lord's promises are true and, and we live to serve him. And I was thinking of Paul in Second Corinthians. I love Paul because he's real with the conflict, mm, you know, yes. and he's real with how yes. he feels in this warring inside. And I'm going to read from the NLT and it's Second uh, Corinthians beginning uh, – Chapter 5, verse 1, it says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, Mm. an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. Mm. For we will... For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in this earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. And that happens more and more as you get older, right? I was in the yard and I was hurting after. I (laughs) groaned as I stood up straight because I had been gardening so long. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Mm. I love that. That death is swallowed up. By life. Yes, absolutely. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And there's that conflict. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would be rather be away from these earthly bodies. For then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please to him. magnify him. Yes. Hallelujah. So good. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. There's a song by Danny Donnelly that I love. Just the title alone, it, it resonates with what we're talking about. And it's called Homesick for a Savior. Mm. We're homesick, Diane. Yes. We are homesick. We're in the tents. We want our cozy bed. We want to magnify the Lord and and just enjoy him and worship him and be in that new body and 
be reunited with Bong, with Edwin, with, you know, my brother in Christ, Tim Kruger, with so many, your auntie, you know. My uncle and Paul and there's so many. Homesick. It's like almost that family reunion that you're longing for, but but Jesus is the star. I mean... (laughs) We're homesick for him, and we're excited to see our loved ones and to be reunited with them. I mean, a girlfriend of mine, she just had a miscarriage, mm. and I, I love on her, and I encourage her, and I pray for her. I've never been through that, Diane, and I thought, you're going to get to meet your third baby. Yeah, You're going to get to meet this child one day. I mean, that's the hope that we have. And all those treasures are in heaven waiting for us. Right. And so we do. We long to take off this tent and put on our glorious new body to forever be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But until then, we're called to live by faith and we're called to do good, right? Right. Do good while we are here. Um, but I love that idea of death will be swallowed up by oh, life. Oh, so good. We we need to, that's one of our um, like memory verse I'm thinking. If there's a verse that you're thinking of, please share it with us because the littles, we teach our littles to memorize scripture. Mm-hmm. I know in our Acts study, we're, we're studying the book of Acts in our women's group. Some of them are hard. You know, the one for today was uh, none of these things move me, you know, mm-hmm. Acts 20, 24. And I couldn't track and memorize the whole verse but the first part I did none of these things move me tenacity like Jacob that faith you know I I know that hard things are going to come and I feel like with COVID and everything that we've been living through in this life lately as of late you know 2020 and forward none of these things move me I mean may that be our mantra may that be our marching song to be like Abraham I'm looking for that better home I'm looking for that new body I'm looking for those promises to be fulfilled and you know what's so amazing is when Abraham got Isaac and the physical promise was fulfilled the Lord said I'm just getting started buddy there was so much more to come so much more yes and the same with David when David says I want to build you a house and Nathan says yeah do it and then Nathan says wait the Lord told me not you you have blood in your hands sorry David yes yes yeah I'm you're not going to build me a house I'm going to build you a house. The Lord has so much more. And sometimes we're just so short-sighted again with our troubles, with our, you know, I have this verse. It's funny that you had 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. This is the NASB. And I like this version. I, I don't normally read this version, but I love the way this verse reads here. For our momentary light affliction Mm -hmm. is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I have Mm -hmm. a girlfriend of mine that we pray together with, and she says something that's really beautiful, and it's just Lord, just just open up the veil just a little bit. Can we just see a little bit of what you're up to? And I'm going to give an example of what I mean by that. So my daughter, Olivia, you know, I'm the frugal one in the marriage, right? I mean, Chuck is the spender. I don't care. And I'm like, let's go back. We forgot the coupon. We've got to go back home. I don't care if we are ready. Yeah, but now you'll waste too much on gas. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So I say, the coupon, oh, wait, I'll just Google it. Or it's in my email. You know, I, I want to use the coupon, right? Well, my daughter Olivia was going to Michael's with grandma and she wanted to buy some yarn. She's a crochet master. 
And so I said, wait, wait, I'm like, I have a coupon for that. Let me give you the coupon. And then she says, she comes back, did you use the coupon? And she says, no, we didn't go to Michael's. We went to Joanne's. Like, okay. oh. And I said, did I teach you nothing? Take the coupon, right? And I was just in a banter. She goes, no, mama, you taught me a lot of things. Hmm. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we, we must, must be, be saved. saved. Acts 4.12, you taught me that. And she walks away, and I'm just like the better to, thing. about to burst into tears. Yep. I go, thank you, Lord Jesus. And so that's that little bit of the veil. You're teaching. You're pouring into your babies. You know, and um, there's fruit. There's fruit from that. And we don't, we don't, we don't see, see the fruit. fruit. And yeah. it's and that can be super hard. Yeah. So, but I know you. So know you good. Get what I'm saying. Definitely. I think that is so so good. I think I think of that, and for Paul to write that, this momentary light affliction. Mm. Paul. Someone who's been through some stuff. There, there, there was no light affliction. There was shipwreck mm. after shipwreck. There were beatings. There were imprisonments. There was starvation. There was nakedness. Read what he went through when you read through the book of Acts. You Agony. Get his missionary journeys, right? Uh, uh, attacked from the church, attacked from the synagogues, attacked from uh, Jewish, the, from the, the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Every which way. Uh, every which way. Mm -hmm. And he calls it momentary light affliction. And for me, it's because perspective. Not because what he went through wasn't rough. He went through horrible things, but in comparison to his eternity, the glory with Jesus, it's, he can call it momentary and light, mm -hmm. which right. I have not been through what, what even he's been close through, right. to what Paul has endured. Or even circling back to, you know, Levi Lesko right. or some of our beloved friends that have mm -hmm. lost a spouse. You know, you may not be in that position, friends, where you can say this light and momentary affliction. You might say, though he slay me, I'll praise him. You right. might be in the thick of it you know just hard hard things we go through in this life but perspective mm -hmm. think on heaven you know I love we talked about it last week I think it bears repeating Isaiah 26 3 mm -hmm. you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed Stay on, on the focus yes. you know like in Karate Kid focus Daniel son focus look I always look I why does he say that Direct your gaze. Where's your gaze, Diane? Is it on all the craziness of the world? Where's your gaze, Laura? You know, focus on our master, on Jesus. And as we do with children, or maybe it was done to you as a child, you know, you do, when your mom or dad wanted to explain something to you, maybe it's a time mm. of correction. Maybe it's a time of instruction or encouragement. What would they do? They take your face and they turn your face and they want you to look, and they want you to refix your gaze. I have to share something important with you. Look, mm. and, we, and we need to Look at Jesus. Amen. Fix our gaze. Get into the word. And I think that verse in Isaiah, that to have it memorized. Yes. Because when we're fretting or if we're given to anxiety or when we're anxious or when situation comes, and they will, we can constantly, every minute if we have to, yes. state that verse and choose to focus. It's discipline. It takes work. You mentioned about that boxing that Paul speaks about. Yes. That shadow, I box, I I. I bruise myself, in other words, you know, as mm -hmm. disciplining myself. It is a discipline. It is. And it's not for it the is. weak. It is easier to let your mind wander, mm. to, to let your heart and your gaze I'm just going to gratify my flesh. Right. I, I'm going to just, you know, I, I was talking to a girlfriend the other day. I, I When I'm blue, I eat mm -hmm. comfort food. There you go. Or, you Idolatry, know, right? I'm going to go drink a, a substance. I'm going to go, right. you know, I had a girlfriend, her... I don't want to even say vice. It is not a vice. Her comfort was running. So instead okay. of going to Jesus, what do you right. get when you run? Endorphins. 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 
Running is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but you, I understand, but you understand But when what you I'm use saying, it as a place for the Lord to replace he's the God Jesus. of all comfort. That's right. He wants to be our comforter. So when I'm running to shopping, food, comfort food, that's why it's called comfort food. If I'm running Scrolling to running on the phone, whatever I'm choosing, right. gardening, it could be a DIY project. It could be right. anything. Right. When I'm choosing to run kids, to that. I'm going right. to pour into my kiddos. Which is a good thing. Right. But when I am choosing to do that instead of going to my father in right. heaven, that becomes an idol in my life. Mm-hmm. And and idols must be cast down. And that's not easy. It's but we not. can either cast it down or the Lord can remove it. Ooh, right? So I mean, true. That is so true. So check your heart. You know, and I, love I have that to verse. check mine. Yes. Search my heart, oh God. I love that verse. Convicting verse, but pertinent. We have to ask. He he could take it from us, right? But how much sweeter and how much more um, loving when we say, "Oh, Abba, I hear you. You're telling me I'm going to food instead of coming to me, or you're telling me I'm going to vegging out on my phone or or drinking or." Mm-hmm. fill in the blank fill in the blank of whatever I mean I like sweets you know I like to have a little chocolate or a little my right. delight cupcake or and you know coffee I mean I love coffee but I don't want that to replace the Lord and Who his Jesus comfort. wants to be in your life yes. yes yes you know you're sharing and I just thought of something and I can't recall where I read it but um a loved one was losing a loved one. So the, there's, I don't know, remember if it was a child or a spouse or what, but they were losing somebody and, um, there's in desperate need of comfort. And, and, mm-hmm. and so and a minister is there and, and the minister might've been the, like the husband. Um, I don't recall, but his response was, don't let Jesus take her. And you're like, what? Don't let Jesus take her as this person is dying. He goes, give her to him. Oh my word. And I was like, oh, that is so powerful. Like, wow. You're losing someone. Mm. You're broken. And you're like, what do I do? I can't imagine. Mm. But then the minister says, don't let Jesus take Release him. her. Really give. Yes. And I thought, powerful. oh. So I need to reread that when my time comes for such mm. sorrow. Because what a different mindset. That is like, so. Yes. It cuts, right? Yes. It is. And, and we can do that. We can Maybe we have dreams that we thought we were going to right. live or dreams for our children, right? I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with right. it with Isaac having a yes. son, my son. Right. And now he might not be able to do the things that you had aspired right. for him. Absolutely. Skateboard. Right. Or play on the football team. Right. Whatever someone else yes. may take for granted is that's just what boys do. Right. But having to say, Lord, here, right. you've given me. Right. But I give I give him back to you, you know, and that's why I always think we God, you led us to name him Isaac because mm. we constantly lay him down and we constantly give him to the Lord. And just on the same uh, idea and visual image of that loved one saying, don't say, don't take her, release her, release him, release, surrender to the Lord, even in that harsh, hard moment. Pastor Joe, your husband shared that there was a family and this relative had committed suicide mm. and they were believers. And the mom said, I just need you to remind me. Mm. Yeah. Just just remind me. Because when you hear the Lord is my shepherd, you know the verse, but in that moment of grief and sorrow and your eyes are full of tears and your heart is full of pain, I mean, just shattered. 
you might not think of Psalm 23. No, because you sometimes you can't even process, right? You right. can't even think. And so then it comes to you as someone even gives you just the first part of the verse right. to remind you, you know, and that's why I love the book of Job, Job because it reminds me of what kind of friend not to be. Right. I don't want to be like Job's friends. And I don't want to tape a Band-Aid Romans 8.28 uh, verse to someone that just lost. Is broken. Yeah, right. And it, I love that verse. I'm not knocking Romans 8.28. No, it's a break. It's a life verse. Yes. But there's a time and a place. There's a time to say nothing. Well, that's what Joe says, right? To just cry with the person and hug them. Lament with yes. them. Yes. As my husband says, as a chaplain, right? Sometimes it's just the ministry of presence. Right. Just be there. Yes. Sometimes just a hug and just sitting as they weep or as they mm-hmm. share or as they whatever, you know. Um, and sometimes it's cleaning someone's house. That's right. You know, the practical yes. things. They're Dropping just, off a they're meal. Something like that that we can learn from Job's comforters, <laughs> right. friends, right. and actually really learn that lesson and be that friend, be right. a comforter um, that Joe would have liked to have had. The, there's a, a famous... Um, the, the gal, Laura Story, she mm-hmm. wrote that song. The, I think it's called The Blessing or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and her husband had like a brain tumor or some really terrible cancer, terrible uh, situation. And I, I, I heard her on the radio sharing and she said, do you want to know what a grieving person needs to hear? I've I turned yes, the volume yes. off. Yes, I don't. Because I, I truly don't want to be like Job's friends, you know? Um, so I, I did. I turned the volume up. She said, Here's what you need to hear at that moment. She goes, you ready for it? She goes, here's your latte. Mm. Because sometimes the warmth of a tea or if it's a hot day, that cup of cold water. I mean, there's a reason Jesus says that. When you give a cup of cold water in, in my, my name, name, when you give a, give a warm beverage in my name, you know, you don't want to say anything. You just pass them the, the, the cup and you just... Yes. The ministry of presence. Right. But it was so funny. And being a coffee lover, I said, oh, that's you res- good. It resonated well with you. Like, I can do that. I can do that. I can go pick up a coffee or make a coffee and bring her a coffee. Right? I can give a cup of cold water. Yes. I can do and that. And we can all do that. Because sometimes we think, okay, I need to go to, you know, my friends whose loved one passed. And I need to have this Sermon wonderful ready. or yeah, wonderful all of it. That's bullet points, you know, five yeah. point sermon. And sometimes it's just that hug, that cry, that let me put hot tea on for you. Can I wash your laundry? Right. Whatever, you know, and God will show us. You know, I think sometimes we can be, we can overthink it. Definitely. We can overthink ministry. We can yes. overthink and God's saying, don't, don't overthink it. Right. Just, Take off all the red tape and just be present. Just love. love and I love them. those examples that you said. Like Jesus says a cup of cold water. He doesn't say go harvest some grapes, press some juice. Right. Give him, Martha go, Stewart Mill yeah, or right? whatever, no. whoever's the new chef of these uh, right. days. Who's ever no. the, <laughs> but a cup of cold water mm-hmm. in my name. I love that simplicity and the beauty, right? And it's received and it's and it's it blesses and it encourages. I was also thinking um, of Paul in Romans when he says, um, Romans 7, 21 through 25. It says, um, back in the now and not yet, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, Ooh. I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then I love this because that's the reality. Yes. conflict. (laughs) I want to do right, Mm -hmm. but I do wrong. I want to obey, but I just disobeyed. Mm -hmm. I want to love, but I'm not being very loving. And it says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. our Lord. 
So you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Mm -hmm. And so we can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, surrender all and walk with Jesus. Right. And I think that when Jacob wrestled with God, one of my favorite parts of that time with the Lord is his name was changed. Mm. I love that. I love it so much. And for those of you that are uh, students of the Bible, you know. Name changes. Sarai became Sarah. Abram became Abraham. Abraham. Saul became Paul. And Jacob became Israel. Israel. And he wrestled with the Lord. And I just think it's it's so beautiful because Israel, in my humble opinion, is still wrestling mm. with Messiah. Yeah. You know, has Messiah, you know what I mean? Has <clears throat> Messiah come or not? But I think that we we are living in the now and not yet. And I, I pray you all have been encouraged by our discussion today. And I know I've been encouraged to to surrender mm-hmm. my dream because that's part of the now and not yet. Because right. nobody plans to bury your loved one Mm -hmm. you know and even when somebody is elderly it's still ever so painful so that's always painful that's that now and not yet that we're being sanctified Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing process we do struggle but yet we also hold on and cling to the resurrected Jesus, you know, I mean, for many of you who may have been raised Catholic, I, part of my life I w- was Catholic, you see that crucifix. Every single time you go into that church, you see it, you see it. And that's one, one thing I love about uh, many of the Calvary chapels, they have the dove, mm. because you don't have to focus on the blood. I mean, we focus on the blood of, thank you for the blood, but we don't, well, Jesus we don't still look on at the crucifix. All, right, he's, yeah. he's risen, he's alive. Right. And I feel that no image could fully capture the glory of the resurrected Lord. So to me, the dove is symbolic of that axe is not over yet. Mm, no, we're still, <laughs> we're still right. here, you know? And, and so on that idea, Diane, of acts and the now and not yet, you wanted to discuss a difficult issue that's been breaking your heart, been breaking my heart. Um, it's a, it's a bill, I believe you yeah. wanted to talk about. Yes, um, I, I love that the way you segued there. It, now and not yet, because we have to occupy. We have to live here now, and we are to stand for for righteousness and and to live according to God's word, to speak for the oppressed and those who cannot speak for themselves. And with that, um, you know, it's been grieving both of us. We've been praying about it. Um, we've been listening in on you know meetings and um, AB two 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 three. What it will basically do is it will legalize infanticide. And that is grievous, Mm. and that is horrible. You have God-created life, and the idea that you can, without impunity, snuff it out. Mm. Um, You know, the proponents of the bill, those that are for it, are saying that that this is not true. I encourage you to read the bill yourself, AB 2223, because it is true. It will legalize infanticide. It is heinous. And um, we must pray. You know, what did Esther do when she found out that her people were sentenced to slaughter? Because these infants are going to be sentenced to slaughter, right? What did she do? She called a fast and a prayer. Fast for me and pray. But she didn't just fast and pray. After the fasting and praying, she appeared before the king. She took her life in her hands because he could have said, no, I do not receive. He could not have extended his scepter. And that would have meant her death. She put her life on the line for her people. 
So we thank the Lord live in a, in a, in a country where we have uh, representatives that we can call. We can write to, mm-hmm. we can show up at, um, at their offices. And so my encouragement to you is to be like, the Lord used this example of this. I called her the nagging widow, but that's not what the scripture calls her. her. Sister widow. <laughs> yes. She's yeah, my the girl. Sister I love widow. it. I love her. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I was thinking, well, the story of the nagging widow would be perfect. No, she's not nagging. She's persistent. Mm-hmm, that's right. And uh, Luke 18, one through eight says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray. This is our job. Always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Jesus is telling the story. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute Mm -hmm. with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. Go away. You bother me. Right? But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God. Is that (laughs) not our nation? Is that not our... our, um, Government in California, I do not fear God or care about people. I'm I'm feeling like you're bugging me, lady. I'm feeling like this is really, really timely. But this woman is driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision Mm. in the end. So we have unjust ungodly, those who do not fear God, people in government. We also have some that love the right, Lord. Right, I'm not saying right. everyone in yes. government is godless. Don't care about the people. Mm-hmm. Well, they obviously do not care about these infants that are going to be killed. killed right. um, so what do we do? Be that nagging, persistent widow. Yes. Call. Call daily if you have to. Call your representative because this unjust judge rendered justice because he was bothered. So let's be a bother in a good way. Never rude. Right. Never, never um, unkind. In a respectful way. Always respectful, Mm -hmm. but call. You can call on the daily calling to talk to you about AB 2223. I believe it is horrible. And I stand for the right to life. And these infants need to be able to live. That's right. Give them a chance. You know, give them a chance and pray, fast and pray. But if we all did that and we told those that we know to do, we can stand for righteousness and we will leave the results up to the Lord. So good, Diane. Thank you for sharing that. And it just struck me that unfortunately, abortion has been legal for many years. Yes. And even when it wasn't legal, people would... Figure out ways to do right. to have abortions. So now it's the terms are getting later and later and later. And as you know, and, and our viewers know, I have a 14-year-old son with autism. So what about if a mom says, my five-year-old ADHD child is now under my skin. I should have aborted him, so he should just die. When when is it gonna stop? When does it when does it end? When does yeah. it end? And this is the danger of such things. We you keep pushing it and pushing it. And you know partial birth abortion, I mean right. The idea yeah. of uh, yeah. I'll just it, it's just horrible. Leave it, right there. it is horrible. It's murder. And it and it and it grieves the heart of God. And um and you know, with the Supreme Court the way it is at this present time, there is a fear amongst the uh pro abortion Industry, industry, Planned Parenthood, that um, is going to be overturned. We don't know whether or not that's going to happen. We pray, we hope, but we don't know. 
But this is a way to um, maybe circumvent yes. or go around what may be happening. Mm-hmm. And, and it truly, it is evil. Truly, these are wicked days. But our God is greater than the evil and wickedness. Yes. And and so please do what you felt led to do. Stand up, call, write, um, lobby, or, you know, go physically. Call your mayor. I mean, there's, there's so many ways. Um, check out Pacific Justice Institute. They have lots of information out there. Real impact. Yes, is another great one from Calvary one. Chapel, Chino Hills. Yes. Yes. And so we we want to stand for the things that God stands for. And so we know that this is a heavy topic, but we know that God is with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? And nothing is impossible with God. We echo that prayer of the scripture. You know, with God, nothing is impossible. And the same like with Esther, may that be what happens here, that babies would be protected and that God would get the glory and they would say, whoa, we let our voices hurt. You know, these, this bill is not going to pass. So we are praying you are blessed and encouraged today. I've been so greatly encouraged. Get excited about Easter, the Resurrection Sunday. It's coming. Invite someone. Come visit us in person. We're at Calvary Montclair, and we would love to have you come and and, and meet you in person. God bless you. God bless you.